amigos, amigas. Howdy, y'all. Chris Edwards here with the illustrious co-host of Many Hats, Mr. Caleb Fortenberry. Hey, Caleb. Hey, how's it going, man? Man, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. New year. A new year indeed. New beginnings and a new decade. Yeah. Although, you know, it is 2020 now, and the common parlance is that it is a a new decade and everything, but that has been debated some. Some people say the new decade doesn't begin until 2021, and others say that it started as of Wednesday. So, yeah, that's confusing me. Now I'm like, now you got me thinking about it. I'm not sure. Inquiring (laughs) minds want to know. I I think it's similar to when you had the millennium beginning. Some people said that it it started in 2000. Others said it was 2001. I guess which makes sense because there was never actually a calendar year zero. So I guess that logically the millennium would have started in 2001. But as far as the decade, you know, decades are 10 year increments. Mm. 2020 to... I don't know, man. I'll sit here and think about it all night. So thirty, so that's ten years. But anyways, um, (laughs) so uh, (laughs) for all of you guys listening out there to the new version of the East Texas News Roundup, we're back from a little bit of a hiatus we had, and we've been kind of putting on our thinking caps within the ranks of the Polk County Publishing family of newspapers and figuring out a different way to bring you more bang for your buck. And this is kind of what we're doing now: is we're going to have a new podcast out every Friday. Under the East Texas News Roundup banner. And each one of them, you're going to have a different podcast every week. Well, I mean, a, a different episode, obviously, without fail, but each week is going to be devoted to a different format. So tell us a little bit about that, Caleb. Sure. Yeah. So it's looking like we've had some other podcasts with different titles over the years. And one of those was Crying Behind the Pine Curtain. So that podcast is now going to be under the umbrella of the East Texas News Roundup along with sports and other topics and feature subjects as well. And then once a month, we're also going to get all of the editors of all the papers together, sit down and have all the top stories covered from each paper. Quite a few things throughout the month that you guys can look forward to. There you go. And also, we have the opportunity for any businesses who want to take part in this endeavor and maybe sponsor one of these um, and get their name out there through our podcast. We're offering sponsorships as low as $300 for an episode. And you can also, there's deals where you can sponsor a whole month or just call our flagship office in Livingston at 936-327-4357 and inquire about some of these deals. So yeah, it's it's a new year and the newness is still very much intact. And we're talking about new beginnings, obviously. So everything's new. It's like getting a new car and the, the new smell is still there. And right. it's, it's hopefully going to be there for a while. Right. You always hope that. And then about three weeks later, you're like, man, all right, ready oh, yeah. for a new car again. <laughs> <laughs> or you have that friend you're taking home from a party or something and they light one up in the passenger seat and you can't get that smell out of there. And it's just, man... Yeah. So hopefully it'll it'll have that new car smell the rest of the year. Let's hope. We'll see. Speaking of new things, the Alabama Cushata tribe has a new chief. Principal chief elect Miko Scalaba, Herbert Johnson Sr. He formally took office as the Alabama Cushata tribe's principal chief on New Year's Day. He replaced the former chief Clem Fane Celestine, who died in May at the age of 91. And so the new second chief, who was elected by a majority vote, is Donis Batiste. And Batiste will be taking the same position as Johnson. Now, let's talk a little bit about Johnson. He served many volunteer roles in the tribal community, including working with the fire department. And he was on the tribal council. He also managed the softball and basketball leagues for many years. And he said he's committed to preserving the tribe's rich heritage 
and would like to see every child who is beginning school to have every opportunity made available to them in order to further their academic careers, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. And a little bit about Batiste, the second chief. Batiste, he's an Army veteran who served in Vietnam. He's retired from work in the paper products industry, and he served a variety of volunteer roles for the tribe. And he was most recently working at the part-time Nascola Gaming until he assumed the leadership role in the tribe. So congratulations to these two men for being elected to serve as the chiefs uh, for the tribe. I will second that motion. Congratulations to these two men, to Chief Johnson and Second Chief Batiste, and our neighbors there to the west, our good neighbors, the Alabama Cachadas. Uh, speaking of them and Noskilla Gaming, we'll have an update in next week's edition of The Booster and probably The Enterprise as well about where they're at with Noskilla and House Resolution 759. There's really been no more movement with that particular bill. It's still stuck in committees and awaiting some action in the Senate. However, Chairwoman Cecilia Flores and some of the other tribal representatives have been traveling around the state and presenting about the economic impact of Noskilla on the area, and it's very significant. If you've been keeping abreast of it through our newspapers, you've probably noticed that there was an economic impact study done two years ago that I believe to the tune of $130 million in the area was how it was affecting the economy as far as money that it was pumping into the economy. Well, the last study that was done, that number has increased by $20 million. So Noskilla is a big, big deal, and it's done a lot of good for the tribe and for the area as well. And the new chief mentioned a commitment to uh, education and making sure that all the children of the tribe had those opportunities available to them and to succeed later in life when they graduate. And that's one of the areas that Noskilla has helped greatly benefit the tribe as well as health care. They're now able to employ a full-time physician and they've made significant upgrades to their clinic and uh, upgrades to the equipment that they have with their fire department and other things. So uh, we'll be giving an update on that next week. Again, as Caleb mentioned with this podcast, this is just kind of an introductory kind of a get to know the new version of, right. of the East Texas News Roundup, version 2.0. But we will have one edition of this per month that's specifically tailored to news in the region that is straight news from all of our papers. We'll have one of those in a couple of weeks, but we want to get you guys up to snuff with what we're doing and kind of push push a few stories your way that you might want to be aware of. So again, congratulations to these two men being elected to serve the tribe and such is the contrast of, of the universe really with life and the universe's beginnings and endings. And we're talking about beginning of the new year and the end of 2019. We have this beginning here here with the new chiefs. Well, there was a story that we covered in the Booster in Tyler County this week. A pillar of the community and a longtime um, legendary member of the clergy passed away, G.W. Patrick. He died on Christmas Eve at the age of 99. And, you know, 99 years is a long, good run. I mean, no matter who you are or how you look at it. And Brother Patrick did pack a lot of life into those 99 years. And I'm hearing from relatives of his that he was actually planning on preaching on his birthday, which is later in the month of January. In the last few years, he had done that, actually. He had preached a sermon on his birthday at the First Baptist Church in Doucette. And he had preached full-time for a little over 60 years and retired about 10 years ago from preaching full-time, but still would occasionally, aside from his birthday sermon, would get out and preach like a revival or guest preacher somewhere or other. And if you lived in Tyler 
County any length of time, even if you've never been to one of his churches or really knew him. I mean, you knew of him. I mean, he was around a long time. I mean, obviously, and he I think he lived here all of his life. But Godspeed to Brother G.W. Patrick. And if you pick up this week's edition of The Booster, you can learn a little bit about him. That's a long time. That is, that a, is a long, very life, long man. time. <laughs> And there was a pretty substantial feature piece that was done about him several years ago, like right as he was about to announce retirement from preaching full time. And he and his granddaughter were both interviewed for it. And I think at the time he had estimated that he'd preached somewhere in the neighborhood of 8,000 sermons over the 60 some odd years that he had been full time in the ministry. So that's a good run. We hope that all of you who are listening to this podcast are enjoying it. And we certainly thank you for tuning into the East Texas News Roundup. I want to remind you that we have some advertising spots available where you, if your business can get your name and logo and whatever information you need to get out to the public on this podcast as a sponsor, be sure to contact us at the Polk County Publishing's flagship office in Livingston. The number there is 936-327-4357. So I believe the next episode, I guess the first episode that not this introductory episode, but I guess the first regular episode of the new version of this is going to be one of the installments of the popular Crime Behind the Pine Curtain podcast, which join host Valerie Riddell as she delves into some of the crimes of the area. And a lot of them have, you know, some major historical significance. I always enjoy what Valerie does with that. And so that's been on hiatus for a while, but you'll be getting that back. Yeah, I've co-hosted a couple of them. (laughs) It's been fun, so I'm kind of interested if I'm going to be a part of that. I have no idea. (laughs) We'll find out find out. (laughs) So speaking of crimes in the area, it's it's kind of custom to do in the newspaper business. We've all done our year-end wrap-up of big stories for each one of the five papers that Polk County Publishing Company puts out, and we put ours out this week for the Tyler County Booster, and there was a lot of things that happened in Tyler County over the year 2019. In Tyler County, you don't get a whole lot of significant or heavy crime, but there was quite a bit of that going on and several murders and uh, some pretty high profile people in the community were indicted for various things. And yeah. So be sure if you're in Tyler County or even if you're just passing through to pick up your copy of the Tyler County Booster, which is available at fine newsstands across the county for 75 cents and catch up with last year's news and this year's news. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like this podcast, make sure you check out the website, subscribe to everything that we have. That's Uh, right. We have several websites out there that have a lot of this kind of content on there. So on the rise, look for uh, East Texas News Roundup Facebook page where you can find all content like this. Again, we have sponsorships available for these podcasts starting at $300 weekly. So if you're interested in that, or if you just have any general questions, you can give us a call at 936-327-4357. That's right. Anything else you want to add before we end? (laughs) Well, not really, but I just want to tell everybody thank you for tuning into the East Texas News Roundup, and we shall return. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.